What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What is up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. We are going over the Cardinals today, and I'm very excited because not only am I going to record the Cardinals today, but I'm actually going to record the next team as well because I got a little backed up. It's been super stormy in Florida recently, and I haven't been able to uh, record podcasts after work because it's been thunderstorms and rain. So I finally get the chance with a little bit of low rain in the background. Not sure if you can hear it. But this is kind of like therapy for me. I I love just talking football, even though I don't get to hear you guys' thoughts directly back at the same time. I love giving you guys my thoughts and then getting the feedback on the social media platform. So I'm excited to get started. Let's talk about these Cardinals and some of the changes they've made. They added A.J. Green. Garbage. They added James Conner. They traded for Rodney Hudson, the center that was in Las Vegas with the Raiders, which I actually forgot about that. And I also forgot about the fact that they added J.J. Watt. Both of these moves I thought were very smart moves, help out the team in general, especially help Kyler Murray and his development by adding Rodney Harrison, or sorry, (laughs) Rodney Hudson. And those were so long ago, it feels like, because we've had the draft and all of these different moving pieces. So it was easy to forget, but those are good moves. They also added Malcolm Butler, decent corner. They lost Patrick Peterson, so they do definitely need another body in there. They drafted linebacker Zayvon Collins in the first round, and they drafted wide receiver Rondale Moore, somebody that a lot of people really, really like and think can be great, and a lot of people are just writing him off completely, whether it's due to size or injury history. I kind of fall in the middle. That's usually where I do fall on hot debate topics. So Rondale Moore is probably the biggest addition for their team in terms of fantasy purposes and what we need to worry about and also the uh, most hotly debated and hot topic for their team right now now let's move to the trends and history because that pretty much wraps it up for the personnel changes they have the 11th ranked offensive line now after adding Rodney Hudson according to PFF and continuing off PFF's rankings they have the 12th ranked defensive line J.J. Watt really is boosting that category for them in the 22nd ranked secondary. Looking at last year, they passed 55% of the time. In 2019, they passed 58% of the time. Looking forward to this year, the defense has improved. Obviously, 12th ranked defensive line, much better than last year, and 22nd ranked secondary. That's probably right around where they were at last year, maybe a tiny bit better. But the defense has definitely improved. And Rondell Moore, actually, aside from being obviously a great receiving upgrade. He is going to be an upgrade for the run game as well. I expect Rondell Moore to get a carry, a carry and a half, maybe, maybe two carries a game, probably not that much, but he's definitely going to add a dimension. He's kind of like a Kyler Murray in terms of size, toughness, being able to change direction and take ridiculous angles that make it very hard for defenders to catch him. So Rondell Moore in that way is going to be very helpful for their offense. And I think the addition of him and the fact that the defense has improved is going to lead to a little bit more of a run-heavy approach. I'm projecting a 54% pass rate 
for this team, obviously 46% run rate. And don't forget, it might not seem like a lot of passes, but Kyler Murray runs the ball so much, and that's a big reason why it's so low. But Kyler Murray himself accounts for a huge percentage of this team's plays, which is part of the reason why he's so great for fantasy, because he's got the rushing, he's got the overall volume, and despite not being super efficient, because he has not been super efficient, he's got the opportunity to do so with all of the volume. So in terms of racking up fantasy points. So that's why we love Kyler Murray as well here on this podcast and pretty much everyone. Obviously, he's a great fantasy player. I also project a smaller play pace this year than last year. I think they're going to be able to slow down the game a bit. They're going to have that better defense. They should control more games. And if you look at 2019, let's say you don't buy anything I just said. Brandon, you're crazy. Their defense isn't better. I don't know why you would think that, but Let's say you think, oh, J.J. Watt's not going to stay healthy. Their defense is not better. And their run game is not going to be any better, even though they added Rodney Hudson. You're wrong. Well, 2019, still a horrible state of the team. That was Kyler Murray's rookie year. They had 100 plays less than they had last year. So even if you just took the average, which is about where I lie on place per game between last year and 2019, that's going to bring the overall rate down from last year. So if I take that mean, put that over 17 games, that's about 1,062 plays to work with this year. And off of the 54% pass rate, that's 573 passes and 488 runs. So that means we can start with Kyler Murray. 819 rushing yards. 11, 11 rushing touchdowns. That was the output of Kyler Murray last year. That is insane. 11 rushing touchdowns. I didn't even remember that he got that many double digits. Maybe Jalen Hurts is not the shoe in for most rushing touchdowns among quarterbacks because Lamar has at most, I believe, seven so far. And we already talked about the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, but he was on pace for like 13 over a 17-game season last year. Well, Kyler actually did it over a big sample size and got double digits. So I think Kyler's in just as much of a running as Jalen Hurts for taking that rushing touchdown title next year among quarterbacks. But it's too good to see happening again. 11 touchdowns, that's really, really high. 819 rushing yards. He might be around that. We also have that extra game to help him reach that same number this year. But like I said, Rondell Moore, I think he's going to factor in as a runner now. He's probably going to take one or two carries off of Kyler's plate every game. And he might also be using the red zone. He might take a couple of those Kyler runs in a little sweep or something in the red zone and take one of those touchdowns away. Also, with Rondell Moore added to the team, that improves the receiving game, which makes it more likely that Kyler Murray passes the ball instead of runs it. He's got Rodney Hudson as a improved blocking presence in at center, and he's got a better wide receiver. Those are two things that are going to help him have more time in the pocket and have better people to throw the ball to so it's probably less likely that he's going to run in as many touchdowns as he did last year so for that reason I have him at 110 rush attempts I give you the number because we got to subtract that from the total team runs so we can figure out what we have left for the running backs but I have him running for 693 yards and eight rushing touchdowns right there with Jalen Hurts in the touchdown category now we've got the 573 passes to work with year three is usually when quarterbacks get that jump right that's like the year everyone looks at for hey 
how are we going to project this quarterback for the future? Is he going to be somebody that is now the face of the league? Or is one of those just franchise quarterbacks, one of those guys we can look at as he's going to be this team's starter for the next 7, 10 years? That's usually year three when you're able to figure that out. And it's not often that a quarterback goes three years in without people really knowing where they stand on him and getting a good beat of whether he's going to be successful or not. I would say one person, as a Bucks fan, that was super hotly debated even well after year three was Jameis Winston. But most people were kind of out on him, not in the fantasy circles, just in terms of being a franchise quarterback. Most people were out on him by year three. I actually was pushing it. I was pushing it. I thought, you know, he, he's had a bad rap with coaching, all this stuff. But after that first year with Bruce Arians, I finally tapped out. And it turns out that's what the Bucks wanted to do too. And thank goodness they did because we won a Super Bowl. But Jameis was like one of those few people that people were not really sure on. I think we kind of understand now, but people still believe, right, with the Saints. We'll see what I think in terms of fantasy purposes once we get to that team. But I'm holding off on them too because maybe Taysom Hill is going to play some snaps. But let's stop talking about Jameis and the Saints. Let's get back to the Cardinals. Year three for Kyler, I expect a jump because of that and also everything we've talked about, Rondell Moore, Rodney Hudson, all these things that are just improvements to the team overall. I'm going to bunt bump his efficiency metrics slightly, slightly as a passer. His yards per completion and his completion percentage, they're probably not both going to change. I'm going to bump his yards per completion. I'm going to keep his completion percentage where it's at. Rondale Moore, he can turn those short passes into more yards. He's actually, in my eyes, and somebody I kind of look to for a mold to project the efficiency of Rondale Moore because it's very hard to project the efficiencies of a college receiver moving into the NFL because it's just completely different and they might be used completely different. So I try to find like an NFL wide receiver that I think is comparable to first off the routes that the rookie wide receiver is going to be running, the type of player they are, what they're good at. And I think Jamison Crowder is not a bad kind of mold to look at for projecting Rondell Moore because he's probably going to be closer to the line of scrimmage. He's probably going to be the one that they're putting in the slot with Christian Kirk on the outside, DeAndre Hopkins on the outside, and you definitely know A.J. Green is not the wide receiver three or two, and when he's on the field, he's probably just going to be trying to get some 50-50 balls on the outside, so he's not a threat in the slot. So that's probably where Rondell Moore is going to have his bread and butter, and that's where Jamison Crowder has his bread and butter. They're similar in size, similar in stature, They both are good at creating after the catch, getting those dump offs and trying to get extra yards. So I like looking at Jamison Crowder for trying to project Rondale Moore. And I think the days of Kyler Murray being sub 11 yards per completion are over. Like I told you guys, he has not been efficient. He has not averaged more than 11 yards per completion yet. I think that changes this year. And that's still below NFL average. But I think he's getting closer to that point. I'm projecting a 67% completion percentage, which I said is the same. I held that. 11.4 yards per completion, up from 10.6. Also, he's got DeAndre Hopkins in year two. And a 4.8 touchdown rate, which is pretty much the same as last year. Now let's move into the running backs. We've got James Conner. We've got Chase Edmonds. You've got your PPR lovers that go Chase Edmonds every time. You've got your old school guys that probably just stopped playing standard because I feel like most people don't play standard anymore that love James Conner and the volume and probably the red zone touches that he's going to get and the up the gut rushes at the goal line. So it's I see the arguments for both sides. I really do. I see 
Connor with the touchdown potential. I see Chase Edmonds with the PPR upside, the higher floor. I see James Connor. Hey, he was pretty good despite a bad situation last year in terms of efficiency metrics with the Steelers. And Chase Edmonds, he's already shown he can do it with the Cardinals. And James Connor has not been brought in on some huge deal or anything crazy that promises a bunch of volume. Maybe Chase Edmonds has a chance at taking over. All of these things are possible. And there's no... Like, don't take what I'm saying in my projections as me being 100% convicted. I understand that this could go so many ways. But the way I have it projected is James Conner is going to kind of be similar to Kenyon Drake last year. He's going to be the workhorse in terms of the rushes. And Chase Edmonds is going to dominate in the receiving game. Now, Edmonds is still going to get plenty of carries, enough for his role and to be flexible in fantasy. And Conner will get a few receptions here and there to make him also flexible. I just... Don't think that we're going to have somebody emerge unless one of them get injured out of this backfield. I think it's going to be very similar to Tampa Bay. A little bit less cloudy than Tampa because Tampa has three running backs. Geo's probably going to be taking more than 50% of the receptions. And then you've got Lenny and Rojo splitting carries and not even like sniffing 40, 50 targets. So it'll be interesting to see Tampa when I get to them. But James Conner, Chase Edmonds, I think... Where they're being drafted, both of them are fine, but neither of them have a huge path to success, barring someone getting injured. With that said, Kenyon Drake had 72% of the running back carries last year. I think Connor's basically taking this role, but to a lesser extent, especially because Chase Edmonds was really good with his carries last year. He was more efficient than Kenyon Drake was. I'm going to put James Connor's share at 64% for the running backs. And then at the targets, I'm going to give him 4.5% of the total team targets. His rushing efficiency compared to Pittsburgh should improve because the passing game in Arizona is more threatening. And they also probably have a better offensive line than what the Steers were working with last year. And he averaged 4.3 yards per carry in Pittsburgh. That's also his career average. So I'm barely nudging it above that at 4.4. Now Chase Edmonds, he's probably going to get double. Actually, I would say... Easily, he's getting double the receiving work compared to James Conner because Chase Edmonds, he had double the receiving work of Kenyon Drake. And now he's had that year in the system. He's had that year with Kyler to prove himself as a very capable receiving back. So out of the 17% of targets going to the running back position, he's probably getting about 10, 11%. I haven't projected for 11%. 17% targets, where did I get that from? That was the amount of targets the running backs had last year. I actually think it's going to be slightly smaller because Rondell Moore is added, and I think having better receivers makes you more likely to throw to those receivers. So it's probably going to be more around 16 15.5% to the running backs, but I see 11% pretty attainable for Chase Edmonds, and I'm giving him 36% of the carry share of running backs. The Cardinals basically employed a two-back system. They did not really give many carries at all to a third running back. Usually, no matter what team you pick, you can just pull a random team out your head, go look at their stats. I usually use pro football reference. Their third running back is probably somewhere in the 30 to 50 run uh, run attempts. That's not the case in Arizona. They are a two-back system for sure, which makes it better for Edmonds and Connor owners. Now we've got DeAndre Hopkins, and then we'll get into the projections. Oh, and then Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk. Goodness, look at me getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins, though. 
He, as always, is going to be a straight-up beast. He had a 27.8% target share last year. In his first year with a new quarterback, sick. Absolutely sick. And some of you may be worried that it's not going to stay that high because they added Rondell Moore. Elite players, they don't lose much when it comes to targets from new pieces, unless those new pieces are very good, and we cannot yet say that about someone like Rondell Moore. We haven't seen it. DeAndre Hopkins is still going to dominate. My projected share for him is 27.5, almost the exact same as last year. But his efficiency might be better in year two because he's got Kyler and he's got some chemistry under his belt. I'm not projecting any crazy increases, just a little minor ticks up here and there. But I think Hopkins will be very good once again. I'm not worried about any age decline yet. He's probably still got two years before we got to worry about that for dynasty purposes. And by the way, since we are doing projections, I want to give you a confidence boost here so you could trust me. You know, Brandon, you give all these wonderful projections. How were your projections last year? Well, I would actually go back and look at all of my projections because I used to do that every year. And it was really fun and it helped me learn a lot. I just have been really struggling with my time outside of work recently and still going to the gym and all these things that I do. It's been hard for me to have enough time to do the podcasts and additional fantasy stuff. So I haven't been able to look at anything from last year except when I was projecting the Cardinals. And I saw that 27.5% target share that Hopkins had. It brought back a whole bunch of memories of last year when I was projecting a really high target share for DeAndre Hopkins. And everybody on Twitter was giving me crap for it. And they're like, DeAndre Hopkins is in his first year with Kyler Murray. The Cardinals employ a four wide receiver system. Yada, 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 yada. DeAndre Hopkins is in no way going to get more than 25% of the targets. Well, he was well over 25%. 25%, 25 to 25%. That's a pretty big difference because that's elite receiver territory and good receiver territory. And we know there's a big gap between elite and good, especially for fantasy. So I was like, man, let me just go check. I just want to see something. So this is the only team I've pulled up and checked. But it was pretty good. My projections for Kyler and Hopkins were almost spot on from last year. So I'll give them to you real quick. So, like I said, I was arguing with everyone, right? Let's look at Kyler first. Everyone thought I was too high on Kyler. Everyone thought I was too high on DeAndre Hopkins. And I got to say, I love the results. Kyler Murray had 558 pass attempts last year. I had him projected for 547. He had 375 completions. I had him projected for 361. He had 3,971 passing yards. I had him projected for 4,224. He passed for 26 touchdowns. I had him projected for 26 touchdowns. So we're talking less than 15 attempts off. Less than 15 completions off. And 200 yards off. That's really good. And then I got the touchdowns right on the money. So I almost had Kyler Murray right on the money there. And then DeAndre Hopkins, he had 160 targets. My projection, 158. You did not find really anybody that was in the 145 or more territory except for me and a couple other people. So that was an awesome hit for me. Now, he had way more receptions than I would have thought. I didn't think he was going to be that efficient with Kyler in year one. He had 115. I had 102 projected. He had 1,407 receiving yards. I projected 1,366, less than 50 yards off, in a completely new situation, in a new offense, 
that nobody knew really how to how to project. And then I projected him for eight touchdowns. He got six, a little low there. I can't really brag about being two touchdowns off, but both of these guys I had in a lot of places and it helped me out. So I thought that was cool. I just wanted to share it with you guys. Now let's talk about Rondell Moore. I see him getting a bit more than a carry per game. I talked about this already, taking a touchdown or so from it. The target share is tough though because the wide receivers two and three combined for 31% of the targets last year. That's probably going to be lower with A.J. Green as the wide receiver four, which I don't think it should be, but they're going to see A.J. Green, oh my goodness, this possibly Hall of Fame wide receiver who was so amazing and so consistent for so many years. We must throw him the ball. Kyler Murray's looking at him as this is one of the best receivers in the game when I was in high school and middle school watching football every day. I I would love to throw the ball to A.J. Green. So he's probably going to get, just like he did last year, way more targets than he should. And I think that's going to hurt the wide receivers two and three in this offense because of it, because of his name value. That's pretty much it. Because we all know at this point and this long into the podcast series of projecting how bad A.J. Green was last year. So instead of 31% for the wide receivers two and three combined, I'm reducing it down to 28%. And of that split, with the wide receivers two and three being Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk, I'm giving 15% of it to Rondell Moore, 13% of it to Christian Kirk. I think he's going to be relegated to more of a deep role now that they have Rondell Moore in tow. Rondale should be somewhat, like I said, a Crowder, a Jameson Crowder in terms of his efficiency, being close to the line of scrimmage, and doing good things after the catch, being tough, breaking tackles, doing what he does well. And also, in case you didn't know this, Rondale Moore is a sub 200-pound guy. I think he's like 185 pounds, and he squatted more than three times his body weight. He was squatting 600, so he's an absolute beast under the belt. Um, I, <laughs> I hope that's the, the right way to say use that uh, saying. Rondell Moore, he's got some strong legs. That's what I'm saying. K- Christian Kirk, <laughs> I'm going to stop shooting myself in the foot. Just keep going. Christian Kirk, 13% target share. We talked about it. He should be used as a deep guy. He's not going to do much for you in regular leagues. He's going to be more efficient per target, but there's not going to be enough targets for him to do a lot of damage. With that said, let's get into the actual projections. Kyler Murray, I have him at 573 pass attempts, 384 completions, 4,377 yards, 27 touchdowns, 693 rushing yards, and 8 rushing touchdowns. He is my QB2 right now behind Lamar Jackson. He's at 23.6 points per game. And with as many people that we've projected, he's probably going to stay as my QB2. The only people that might pass him are Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I doubt, I highly doubt Dak Prescott will because he probably doesn't have enough of the rushing upside. But maybe, we'll see. But that's pretty much where I have Kyler. It's probably going to be right there at QB2 behind Lamar Jackson. James Conner, I have at 10.7 points per game, right below Mike Davis. But, or sorry, he's below Mike Davis, but it's a big gap. It's three points per game. That's a a huge teardrop right there. What are my actual projections for him? Well, I've got him, like I said, not huge in the receiving department. 26 targets, 20 receptions, 141 yards, then rushes, 228 for 1,003 yards, barely cracking that 1,000-yard marker, and eight rushing touchdowns. For Chase Edmonds, who I have at 10.1 points per game, so barely less than James Conner in PPR. But I think I would probably prefer Edmonds because he is safer and has that receiving role locked in, and it's possible James Conner gets hurt. I think it's more likely he gets hurt than Edmonds. So Edmonds probably has the better chance at getting that super ceiling with an injury. 
so I would actually take Edmonds above him. But I have Edmonds right below Connor, right above Tariq Cohen. At 63 targets, 52 receptions, 413 receiving yards, 3 receiving touchdowns, 129 carries, 600 yards, and 3 rushing touchdowns. Now let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins. He's right behind Calvin Ridley for me. 17.9 points per game. 158 targets, 112 receptions, 1,387 yards, 9 receiving touchdowns. Almost an identical year to last year. And I didn't do that on purpose. You guys know I just pump out my efficiency metrics and I let the math in the Excel sheets do the work for me. So DeAndre Hopkins, I think he's going to have a pretty similar year, which would be great because you can't complain. He was a top five wide receiver. He was just a beast. So I think it's going to happen again. Rondale Moore, I have at 10.2 points per game. He is right between Rashad Bateman and Jalen Rager. Rondale Moore, I have for 86 targets, 56 receptions, 659 yards, five receiving touchdowns, 21 carries, 157 rushing yards, and one rushing touchdown. So that's just about 800, just over 800 total yards and six touchdowns. That's a pretty good rookie season. And I think a lot of people will be trending up on him. If he could stay healthy, I think that's the biggest question. Everybody's worried about Rondell Moore and his health. That's pretty much it. Then we've got Christian Kirk. I have him under Curtis Samuel. He's not going to be somebody I'm drafting at all. 7.8 points per game. I have him for 74 targets, 43 receptions, 596 yards, and 5 touchdowns. With that said, that's what we got on the Cardinals. Thank you guys for tuning in. Drop a rating, drop a review. Hope to be talking to you soon again. This is the third episode, I think, coming out on a Saturday this week. So that's probably going to be the schedule I'm on now. It's going to be a Monday, Thursday, Saturday schedule. So hopefully you guys are cool with that. Let me know what you guys think about the content. Hit me up with any questions. Love talking to you all. Have a good one. Peace.